0: I'm coming, coming,
1: coming, coming straight out, New York, New York, big city of dreams. What's going on? This is Jay Ellis from the Nick of Time Show. Here to give you that next Talk. Just in a nick of time and after a long layover over and a three-game losing streak, the Knicks come back into the garden in honor of the king with 14. Okay, oh, hey, putting Ron chips in with 14 points. Obi Thompson gives him 15 points. But him IQ manuel has a career nine 40 points, nine assists, one block, one steal, two rebounds, shooting 82% from three and 71% and the Knicks beat the Rockets in convincing fashion. The Knicks are phenomenal. They shot 58% from the field, 43% from three, 35 assists on a day. This might be the most assists they had all season and they just played... Well, finally, after not looking so good in the first half, and we need this win, and thank God we got it. And we're gonna talk all about it—the good, the bad, and the ugly. But there's a lot more good today, so we're gonna talk about it all. But before we talk about it, shout out to FUBU tv If you want to watch the Knicks for free for seven days, you know what to do. Go to fuboTV.com/kot. That's fuboTV.com/kot. You can watch the Knicks. You can watch other cable channels and after seven days you can choose to purchase it or you can cut it so shout out to fupu tv and shout out to you guys who love watching this show please hit that like button please hit the subscribe button and hit that notification bell too as well and always comment because we love the comments all right now i'm gonna introduce you to my guys uh, first and foremost it is the man the myth the legend the guy with the stats and the facts
2: Ryan G's in the building. Good win by the Knicks tonight. The Rockets were exactly what the doctor ordered because the Knicks needed to end that three-game losing streak. Let's go.
1: Yes, yes, yes. And, of course, you know Mr. ESPN contributor, posting and toasting contributor, despin contributor, my man Lee Escobedo is good, Lee.
0: Man, feeling like ass. My allergies are kicking my ass right now. Uh, I'm trying to fight through it because I've seen jl Ellis fight through it with a fever, so no excuses. <laughs> Here, taught some nits. We had a double win tonight with the Knicks winning and the Mavs winning, which helped our uh, the draft pick that we owned by them this summer.
1: Yes, yes. Thank you. Thank shout out to, them, to the Mavs because he was in ten spot for a minute, and you know our pick is top ten protected, and it slid right back to the 11th spot with the Mavs win over the Pacers. So I'm I'm hoping Kyrie and Luca show some pride. All right, show some pride. All right, win a couple of games and get like twelve. Or something like that, you know. That's that's what I'm hoping for. But I gotta start off by talking about him. Manuel's forty point game. If this was a, if this was an actual game, I think he could have scored fifty. Like I'm not even joking. Like it, it, it was just too easy. The man doesn't shoot eighty percent from the field. That easily and not think a fifty burger was coming. He could have had the fifty burger, but the Rockets were so bad. It was like, all right, we'll just put him on ice for a second. But this this is one of those games when you're like, yo, Emmanuel quickly can definitely be an NBA starter in this league. I said it before. Um, I wanted him to be the starter of the New York Knicks this season. I'm extremely happy that we have both Jalen Brunson and Emmanuel quickly to have a combination one-two punch, but. Emanuel quickly is capable of starting. Um, the poise he has now is, is way better than he had last year. You've seen the way he has a 9-to-1 assist to turnover ratio this game. Uh, the way he got to the paint was kind of Brunson-esque. I'm getting into those floaters and mid-range games in the and ones, plus the threes, plus the defense. Did you see the the, the block? The, the block was nasty. What, what guard is going to pin the ball to the to the glass like emmanuel quickly he did it all today and i want to give this guy his flowers uh and enjoy this man um on the Knicks. as is doing his thing i don't know what she got to say lee go ahead
0: i think uh quickly has some star potential i think if he was starting i think mean, he'll be averaging around 19 20 points a game this season Easily. i would i would like to see him starting next season at the shooting guard spot I think his two way play, once we get him under contract as an his rookie extension, I think his two way play and consistent scoring would provide a really nice compliment to Jalen Brunson moving Grimes to the bench and then trying to go after some depth, either with the map, the Mavs pick in this draft or through free agency and trades. I think his, his potential is probably the highest of anyone outside of Jalen and Julius. And I, really, I think the only way for him to reach that full potential is in a starting role. I was arguing with Uncle Fulio on Twitter, Uh, the controversy, one of my favorite guys, but has some of the worst takes on Twitter. That means him (laughs) are going back and forth on quickly's maturity and his potential. And I really think he will be able to reach what he has in this bag until he's in a starting role.
1: Yeah, nah, I, I definitely agree. The only thing that's really keeping Tom from starting quickly really is size. Um, but really, the, you could see kind of like a Cavs situation. You know how the calves kind of have like Donovan, Darius Garland situation? It, it would kind of be... That would kind of be our situation if quickly was a start, really. Uh, two guys who can attack. Um, you know, Mitchell, who, he's an undersized guard, but he can defend uh, for his positions, and so can quickly. Only thing is, quickly not as heavy, so there might be... There might be some problems guarding heavier two guards um, long term, but it, man, it's tough. I really want to see quickly start. I understand why he doesn't, but man, he's just too—he's ta- just so talented. I could definitely see him having all-star potential, all-star bursts um, uh, beyond this season.
2: Yeah, um, I'll say this: <laughs> I, I would like quickly to start as well, but I think. For me, for quickly to start for the Knicks, especially with a small backcourt of Brunson and and quickly, I would like the Knicks to get a versatile defensive wing, you know, as somebody with size. You know, I think, I think that would like kind of like all, you know, kind of balance the small backcourt. But um, quickly overall tonight, he was great. Forty points, shot eighty-two percent from the field, seventy-one percent from three the hot star in the first quarter, the way he was going off, you know, the last game I was getting on him for his shot selection. This game his shot selection was perfect. Like there was yeah. not a shot he took tonight where I was, you know, upset at it. Like he took great shots all night tonight. And I think in the second quarter as well, like he hit some like momentum stopping shots as well, because in, when it seemed like every time the Knicks built up like a eight, nine point lead, the Rockets always came back and it seemed like, quickly always hit like that clutch bucket that the Knicks needed to like regain that momentum. And he was doing that throughout the game and the third quarter, he just exploded along with the rest of the team when the team started to pick up defense and, and began to increase the lead. So yeah, quickly had a perfect game tonight. I have no complaints about this man's game tonight. It was perfect.
1: Yeah. I just wonder what his ceiling really could be if he was actually given the chance to start. And, And I don't know, this, this game just keeps reminding me of the article um, in which he 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 was interviewed and he talked about his desire to start eventually, which is why I say, I don't know, we might be able to keep him for the next contract, but I'm I'm not sure if we'll be able to keep him for two contracts, um, in a row. Like I'm I'm extremely nervous about that. Uh, I I wouldn't be mad at him because I don't blame him because he he definitely has the potential to be more than what he's shown. Um, and I it, shoot. I, I still believe that if Alec Burks wasn't playing so much point guard last year, you would have seen it sooner. Um, but it is what it is at this point. Yeah. Great game from Emmanuel Quickly. Hmm. Now, um
0: Who do y'all about- like as oh, a go ahead. as a comp. I was I'm gonna ask both you guys, who do you like as a comp for Emmanuel Quickly if he was in a starting role? What player out there, past or present? Do you think he would resemble with his ability to defend at a high level and score at a high level?
1: You know what, Lee? Before you even asked that question, my mind was kind of racing on what the comp would be. <laughs> Before, be, because everybody used to compare him to um, yo, Lou Williams. Favorite. Yeah, Lou Williams. Well, he's, he's better. better he's Lou a better defender. Williams, yeah. He's yeah. a be- way better defender than Lou Williams for sure. Um, like it's funny. He's he's taking a lot of Jalen Brunson's mid-range game. He kind of reminds me. He kind of reminds me of uh tr- like a Treyish young light, but better defense, but not as good passing. <laughs> he, like because of like the way he gets I like the lane,
0: Huh? De'Aaron Fox.
1: De'Aaron Fox
0: is. He's a better defender than, than De'Aaron Fox as well. Huh? Fox has been better this year. It's,
1: no, Fox has been nice. Foxes. Yeah. Foxes.
0: And, uh, yeah. I think mean, that could be a ceiling.
1: You think De'Aaron Fox? I don't think he has the speed to be Fox, though. Like, Fox's speed is crazy
2: fast fast yeah that's true i can't really think of a comparison right now though
1: i mean he's hard to come out with a comparison like he he takes pieces of like he takes a little bit of steph's game even and i'm not calling him steph curry shooter like i'm not (laughs) i hate when you compare here's the thing when you compare people is very easy to say, oh, Jay Ellis just called some Steph Curry. Oh, Jay Ellis just killed Hall and Trey Young. I'm not saying that's who he is. I'm just saying there's like little elements of his, their game in him. Like the way Trey Young gets to the lane and stops and draws fouls to get the and ones at a mid-range quickly does that a lot. Um, Like the get in front of you, you stop. Uh, and use your momentum against you to go the end ones the way he relocates I know Ryan talked about this one episode the way he relocates at three like kind of reminds me of Steph sometimes Uh, but it's it's like it's not at the level of those guys he doesn't have the passing the super high passing IQ of those guys but he has like elements of their game that's the best I can come up with, I don't know
2: (laughs) yeah like yeah, like, to me, I think IQ's a mix of different players. I can't really, like, nail down one player that he's, like, like, an exact comparison to. Like, I think he just takes, like, JL says, like, he takes, like, several, like, like little things from different players and puts it all in one. Yeah. Very fair.
1: Like, he's definitely learned from, from, uh, he's definitely from Jalen Brunson's footwork for sure. Like, the pivot, fadeaway, mid-range thing, that's, he wasn't doing that last year. That's all from watching Jalen Brunson this year. Like he's taking that yeah. from him for sure. So he he just takes I don't know. He's like a little copy machine. I still remember one game we was watching um Rockets versus Knicks, and I felt like he was copying Dame's game during the game one. <laughs> like IQ is a guy who studies players uh to the offmost our studies film and that's why i I love the way he plays and his studies and it's going to translate and he's going to get to where he's going to go man i had no doubt about this his ceiling i i felt this since last year i felt this since year one and i'm glad that we've seen it right now yeah all right Yo, So yeah. into the panel, if you want to call in, 319-527-6241. Shout out to B-Wells, Joe Long, JT, Reddick, uh, Felicia Lee, 90s Knicks, everybody else is rock with the K.O.T. show. Um, what do you guys think about Randall's game today? Uh, a lot of people feel like this is a... Uh, a lot of people feel like um, the microscope might be on Randall, Randall today because of the, the debacle that happened versus the Orlando, even though he did play better in, in the second half of that game. But people wanted to see how he's going to react to this game. Um, what did you think about Randall's game today?
2: Um, Randall had a good game tonight, you know, 10 of 19 from the field, 26 points. He was definitely aggressive in the first quarter, longer, quickly, and that's and and you know that helped that helped get the Knicks' offense going. Um, it definitely seemed like he was in better spirits this game, but also helps when you when you're winning as well. Mm-hmm. So you know that's a positive. But um, overall, Rana had a pretty solid game. Like you really can't complain. He only had one turnover as well, so I think he played a pretty solid game today.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I think that was. A- the thing I was on the most for was that he didn't try to take over or assert himself too much on offensively. Wow. I also wanted to see him try his best on defense. Yeah. Um, that's been one of the main struggles collectively and individually. The last couple of games during his three game slide yes. uh, has been the team's effort on defense. And I don't think he was amazing, but I did see him try harder than he had in the last three games. And that he also did a lot of deferring, has some good passes to find his teammates wide open. So was those little things I was trying to see to see how, even though he does have the outburst, does the outburst carry over game to game? Is he right. maintain the, the, the negativity and the pessimism and the me first mentality uh, that he had during that slide? Which was uh, to me, it was so apparent. It, it felt like a really bad PTSD from last season. And the difference between last season and this season with his antics is, I think this has a shorter window. Like it's it's there, but it seems to be able to get under control, not just week to week but even in the same game, like you mentioned, the second half of last game, he he didn't have a, another blow up like he, didn't have. he did in half. He didn't complain toward refs in the second half of that game. and He didn't really complain toward the refs this game either, which really seems to be his trigger is when he feels that like he doesn't have the calls that he deserves right. as a star caliber player, that's when he starts throwing off on the referees and no teammate, assistant coach or head coach can calm him down. But I saw a great clip from Patrick Ewing over the weekend to help put things in perspective Uh, when he he was going off on John Starrs after not getting a call and he was like, don't touch me, you know, get away from me uh, more than 30 years ago. So I think Starrs have a really high ego, which you have to, to be a great player in this NBA. They don't have their moments where they feel like they're not getting uh, what they deserve on the referee side of things. And I think Randall's no exception of that. And some of the players I love the most in the past, Ben Wallace, Rasheed Wallace, Zach Randolph, those guys were hotheads too, Kenny Martin. Uh, So I like to see the passion. It just needs to be, you know, tailored toward winning not toward individual athletes
1: no absolutely there's a lot of guys who are passionate um who get technical files and you know and you can take that in microcosms and but there's a fine line between passion and and you kind of using that passion against you i feel like got draymond, draymond green is always like the perfect example to me because Draymond Green is a guy who's super passionate, and and that passion has anchored um, Golden State's defense to, to multiple championships. But at the same time, there was a there was a playoff series where that passion cost him a uh, like a a, a chip. Like chip. Most, some people will argue, because he was suspended, and and those are the, and those are the type of lines you walk when you're a passionate person. So you appreciate the passion, but you also know how far it can it can go and you want to be able to kind of pull it back, you know? So like, I do appreciate that uh, Randall cares. And like I said before, when it happens every once in a while, that's fine. But when it's like three games in a row of the same type of technical foul blow up because of the refs and not getting the calls, then it's like, all right, we have to kind of nip this in the butt. Because especially, you know, we play in the Miami Heat. You already know what the Miami Heat does. They play it's tough to play physical. They're going to try to draw fouls. They're going to they're try to get under your skin. And knowing how you react, they're going to play on that. They're going to play on your emotions. So you're going to have to be ready
0: for that. Uh, I was really disappointed in how quick the mainstream media and even – like micromedia, not necessarily n- nits, blogs and publications, but kind of like that that second tier of publications that are just like all about clip bait and aggregation, quickly jumped on the Julius Randle um, uh, emotional outburst, just trying to find some nits for clips And so, you know, we had all that great winning streets and great team unity and chemistry. And you didn't see a whole lot of articles being written about it until the media just c- couldn't afford not to recognize uh, the-, the great, great street they were on. But the moment Randle has, you know, a bad game, it leads to a, a loss. You saw Joyce Randall be talked about all across the media. To the Nitside write the ship before the playoffs. I'm like, bro, we're in the fifth seed.
1: Yeah, we're no two shit games over. Everybody,
0: it's fine. <laughs> like the media couldn't wait to blow that out of proportion. It's annoying. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's one of those things where it's like you want to address it, but you don't want to overblow it. Like I still feel like, you know, trade Randall. You gotta get rid of this bum. Like stuff like that is overblowing it. You know what I mean? Because of, he's done a lot to this point, so that, stuff like that to me is overblown. But I still feel like you address it, give it its proper due, yeah. and put it in, in its own box of importance without going overboard. You know what I mean? Really? Like mm-hmm. the, 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 there is a there is a middle ground to look at this where you're not sensationalizing it, but you're like looking at it like okay, now get together, All right? Yes, <laughs> that, yes. that, that's it. Is yep. what it is for me. Get it together. But um, you talked about his defense earlier. I didn't want to get into it because we did win. We did win. But I was a little bit worded out by the defense today. I'm not going to lie. For the first half of the game, I was like, whose mans is this? What kind of defense is this? Does it really fill in the perimeter defense from Randall? IQ had a nice block, but I, I don't know. It just seemed like it was out of sorts for the first half. Um. The bench, though, I felt like defensively was really solid. We actually got to a 10-point lead in the second quarter. But even though we won, I still feel like we're you know, we we're, we're going into the, the end, and we need to tighten up some screws on a defensive end because we were a top 10 defensive team for a major chunk of the year. And I want to get back to that while still scoring 100 and whatever points a game.
0: Yeah, yeah, I I, I agree. And Isaiah Hartenstein was a big, a a big component of the defense tightening up when he was in there, and which seems to be very likely in that first round playoff series. Hartenstein's going to be a key cog uh, in that series. I think an X factor in how he comes in and defends Allen when he's matched up with him, but also when they go small with that second unit when Mobley defied he's going to be crucial in guarding Mobley and contain him because you're not going to stop him, you know, when he's a lot down defender point. And I think Hardenstein is going to be very important in making sure he doesn't get to his sweet spots for high percentage shots in and around the basket.
1: Mobley at the, you see if you feel like they're going to have heart or oh, oh, Hardenstein? I'm sorry. Hardenstein. my bad. You said Hardenstein, not heart. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I heart. Gotcha. You know, now I can see that. I can see that. I, I'm go with, with certain type of bigs as well like the the stretchy the stretchy five bigs he he's had like half good half bad showings um so i'm i'm looking forward to see how that turns out in the playoffs i did love how mitch played today though got into foul trouble um actually felt like he got pissed at a lot of his teammates early because his teammates weren't really playing good Defense and he had to cover up a lot of their mistakes, and because of that, he ended up with like three fouls in the second half, in the first half. But that third quarter, I feel like Mitch's defense single-handedly kept the Rockets at bay because I still felt like the perimeter defense was still not all the way there. But Mitch just cleaned up mistakes. There was one play where I feel like he 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 kind of pulled the MB. Where he faced one defender, deterred that shot, turned around the opposite side and blocked that shot. And I'm like, what? And there was another shot where he just snatched the ball out the air in a dunk attempt. And I'm just like, <laughs> yo, how? I, that, I, I'm leaving the court. If that ever happens to me, like somebody just snatched the ball out the air as I'm trying. that, like That's embarrassing as hell. Mitch was phenomenal today.
2: Yeah, um, yeah, that play in the second quarter that got him that third foul was, I think, um, wasn't on Kevin Porter Jr. when he split the double team, I think it was quickly embarrassed yeah. on, the, on the perimeter and he split the double team. And then Mitch had to cover that up, and then he ended up following Porter and get out the game in the third quarter. But yeah, his play in the third quarter was phenomenal, like he was definitely great on the defensive end. And that block on um Jabari Smith was nasty when he snatched it out the air like that, and, and then on top of that. Had this man arguing to the refs and get a technical called on a get a technical foul because he thought he was fouled on that. And when he saw the replay, like that block was clean as hell. hell so yeah, yeah, Mitch yeah. was a menace on defense in the third quarter.
1: Yeah, that's one of those embarrassment fouls when you you pretend it's a foul because you're so embarrassed that it looked crazy. <laughs> like that is one of those. It's one of those. Yeah what's just happened with the connection guys I'm sorry I don't know what's happened With the connection I've been fighting with this connection for like Two weeks trying different stuff I don't know what's happening uh, But it's been weird I'm sorry about that Guys Alright Yo I seen an interesting question um, About quitting Grimes I want to get Your guys thoughts on this you know, Josh Hart has come here. He's, he's been a significant impact on his team. Um, stabilized the defense. Uh, he's gotten our net rating on a deep on, on that, from that bench, from a negative to a positive ever since his insertion. Um, but I've seen somebody feel like during the playoffs, Josh Hart should start over quitting Grimes. I never really thought about that. I kind of like the way things are and the way they are constructed with that lineup, but how do you feel about Josh Hart starting in place of Quentin Grimes in the playoffs?
2: Well, I'm a firm believer in if it's not broke, don't try to fix it. And right now, the way things are with Grimes in the starting lineup and then they have Hart come off the bench, play his minutes and close out games, I feel like that's working for the Knicks at the moment. Now, now, if, for example, if the Knicks need to make an adjustment, like, you know, for example, they're in a series and they're down 2-1, 3-1 one, one, or whatever the case may be and you feel like you have to switch it up a little bit to see if you try to, you know, shift the momentum back in your favor, then, yeah, I can understand you making the change then and be like, okay, you know, whether you want to make a change to starting lineups, minutes distribution or whatever the case may be, but at the moment, it's not broke, so I don't see why you have to fix it.
0: I agree. Yeah, against it. Um, I, I love the energy that Hart brings when he comes off the bench. I I, I don't think Grimes can replicate that if you were to swap their roles um, and, and Grimes with that second unit. I think Hart brings a change of pace and ability to knock down threes and also his, his vocal leadership on the court, too, which Grimes doesn't have at this point in his career. I think you need to maintain that with the second unit. Uh, like Ryan said, why, why change something that's not broken? And this is a lineup and rotation that's gotten you here. I think you, it would be a mistake and a very untibs light for him to change things going into the playoffs. Uh, and also let Grimes have some opportunity and experience playing a playoff series as a starter and see what he can do. because um, he they'll probably match up with Donovan Mitchell uh, or Garland off switches too. So that's going to be important for his maturity and growth going forward as a second year player.
1: Yeah. I, I agree to all points. I, I also feel like it's taken us so long to prime Grimes to actually shoot the ball. Yeah. <laughs> and i feel like we're finally at a point in the season where he's not hesitating and only took about what 64 games or so <laughs> you know like he's actually not hesitating on threes as much and i love hart hart does a lot of things well but he he still kind of hesitates on open threes sometimes and i feel like with this particular group in the starting five you need that guy who's gonna pull that trigger that Evan Fournier like type of guy who's going to play defense and pull them in that first unit row and I do agree with you guys as well with the second unit I like having Josh with the second unit pushing the pace getting all easy buckets him and Hartenstein's chemistry is kind of great where they gotta push both passing the ball to each other I love all of that alright <laughs> yes sir so, Salute to D DJ D Jax, get, get that new PC. Yeah, listen, bro, man, <laughs> I've been, t- I've been. This is karma for me joking on Ryan's laptop for like <laughs> a year, man, a year. Oh uh, man, oh uh, man. Salute to Lee, man, for battling through this, this. His
0: allergies, man. Trooper. i to mute myself, so I'm blow my nose, bro. I'm hurting. <laughs> but I missed you guys. I don't want to miss a pod, especially after a win. We need this win, man. Things were yeah. looking bad. That, the vibes are bad.
1: The vibes are back, man. New Winter streak is coming. Next game up, Miami Heat. A big one. This, is probably one. this is probably one of the most important games of the season left. Yes. Um, yeah. I, would, I would say... The Wednesday game versus the Heat and the
2: Cleveland game coming up as well. The Cleveland game
1: are probably the most important games left of the season. We have, what, six games left? Yeah. Six games left. We are, what, right now we're at 43 wins.
2: 43 and 33, I believe.
1: 43 wins with six games left. Cool, cool, cool. And got one versus Miami. Hold on a second. Miami Cavs, Wizards, Pacers, Pelicans, Pacers. And this might be the Pelicans with Zion back. That's the interesting part. Yeah. That's going to be interesting because Zion is still a beast. He has it, but uh yeah, so this is gonna be life. an interesting end to the season to see where he's land. Um, so hopefully win that game versus the Heat. Julius Randle needs to be mentally ready. Jalen Brunson has an injured hand. He's practicing before. I think they're sitting him out as precaution. And it's said to be that he will be back to play against the Heat on Wednesday. Awesome. All right. Yep. Guys, have any any final thoughts? We can make this a short show.
0: I got one question I wanted to pose. I don't have the energy to, to argue about. <laughs> is this season, is this postseason a disappointment or failure if we lose in the first round of the Cavs? But I do want to ask both of y'all, outside of Donovan Mitchell, what factor, because the Cavs look likely, what factor or player or situation makes you the most nervous facing them in the first round?
1: makes me the nurse nervous mm. it could be a
0: player it could be you know a deficiency that we have against them or something they do a lot better than us like what part of that series made you the most nervous
1: mm. i feel like you have to well first of all donovan mitchell is a b so you're always going to worry about his offensive output um Evan Mobley has been getting better quietly. Um, I think Julius Randle can definitely punish him for sure. But sometimes what I worry about, Randall, is when you have like a four-game setup with him where you can see everything he does. Um, I I I'm worried. I'm always worried about Randall's overthinking. In high pressure situations in general, especially in, in in this type of series where people can game plan for his tendencies for long periods of time. So I, I'm definitely worried about that. And I want I'm curious to see which RJ shows up. Like I'm I'm really confident in Jalen Brunson. Obviously. Um I feel like Jalen Brunson will be able to cook everybody, but my my thoughts this this second half of the season has been they're going to try to get the ball out of Jalen Brunton's hands. That's usually what people start to do with the end of uh, the game situations. And when that happens in tight spots, who's going to respond? Is it going to be, you know, because I, I, that's why I've been asking for IQ to be on the floor more. But even sometimes when IQ is, is on the floor more, he he's he's not so much of a ball dominant guy but more of like a decoy guy you know what i mean so it's still kind of randall or rj so like i want to see like how they respond that's why i look very closely at those type of moments um in general ever since after the all-star break
2: okay i just want to clarify you are asking about which player scares me on the cast besides donovan mitchell
0: which player, uh, which element of their team offensively or defensively, um, what matchup? I mean, it really could be could be any angle. Well, I think in the
2: starting lineup, the only player that really worries me is Donovan Mitchell. You know, since he's a star and he can go off at any time. There's nobody else in the Cavs starting lineup that really scares me. I know Garland's a good player, but I feel like, well,
1: Grimes matches. you up. know, with,
2: with Grimes and him or IQ and him, they can pretty much slow him down a bit. Yeah. You know, Evan Mobley, you know, he's a player you have to worry about as well. But I also feel like if Randall can be on his game defensively, I feel like he can slow down Mobley as well. So I'm not too worried about Mobley. I think maybe I think maybe family. the one factor I, I think the one factor that may worry me is maybe like like Karis Levert off the bench. You know, if he like, if he can, because the guy can score, and if he's and, and if he's a microwave off the bench, you know, and provides extra pop along with like Mitchell going off, you know, that might be an issue for the Knicks. So, it, it, it might it, it might be it might be LeVert coming off the bench. It, you know, if if he's if he's playing like, you
0: know, if he's playing really good, you know, it might be an issue. Yeah, I think the I think the bench is going to be the deciding factor in this series is whose bench is better and Dean Wade scares me a little bit coming off the bench oh, yeah. because he's a stretch four and I, I don't know if Randall and Obi can cover him when he's in, especially if he's playing next to Mobley that uh, presents a lot of issues and mismatches uh, as well as CeeDee Osman and the guy you named Caris Levert who's one of their best three point shooters at 38%. Those three guys in particular I think, I'm very happy Kevin Love is not there anymore because yeah. Kevin Love always kills us like, that's a blessing that he's gone and, and on Miami. Uh, we got really lucky that they got rid of him, which was also odd because he was there during the championship years and provides a lot of veteran leadership. But, you know, you never know what's going on in the locker room. But those three guys, can be contained and are benched and play really good defense, I feel confident in, in Hart's ability and IQ's ability. I think we win in six.
1: Yeah. That stretch forward defense is, is always going because Randall plays good defense when he's locked in. But, I feel like when it when when the 4 is a shooter, he has a little bit of a harder time guarding. I feel like he kind of guards like the the post the post up guys a little bit better than like the stretch four guys cuz he doesn't want to run all the way out there for like the entire game. So Yeah.
2: Yeah, but at the same time, Mobley's not a great shooter though. So I'm not really worried about
1: that. No, That's not big. Mobley, but like if they go small. Oh, okay. If they go small, but but not Mobley. I mean, that's the only thing that's, mobile, that's keeping Mobley. The only thing I'm semi-worried about Mobley, Mobley can defend in spurts, but I think Randall can handle him for a whole series of his size. Um, I just worry about like a four-game series if they like get, if they tune into Randall's tendencies, if they can do it. But I, I think Randall will be able to handle him. Agreed. Yeah. Good question, Lee. Good question. I want to get into like a deeper dive before the playoffs. That, that'll be my, uh, that'll be my... Yeah, uh, My goal. Salute to the chat. I mean, nice these super chats as they're coming in before we wrap this up. Just shout out to IQ's mom. He has to hype on his 40-piece tonight to say it like he usually does in his post-games. He was too hype on the 40 piece. Okay, yeah, shout out to him. I know he was pissed he missed those free throws. I already know that. And shout out to Tony Banks, who says who sends a $10 with chat just says, I'm here. I see you, Tony. All right. That's my uncle.
2: Yes, sir. Thank you, good sir.
1: Thank you, good sir. Thank you, good sir. All love, Tony. Yeah, man. All right, yo. We did it, guys. He powered through. Lee's sick. I've been drained. <laughs> I have to hide myself up, trust me. We gotta be powered through this one. <laughs> We got a good one, man. Emmanuel, forty piece, could have had fifty. Shout out to Emmanuel quickly, man. That guy's is a, is a beast. He's a starter. I love his game, man. Yeah, yes, yeah. Love his game. Now I don't feel so crazy making that video saying Emmanuel quickly must start like two years ago. All right. <laughs> <laughs> You want to talk about overreacting Lee? One preseason game. I was like, Emmanuel quickly got a start. <laughs> you want to talk about overreacting? Right, Ryan? Remember?
2: <laughs> yeah, but I mean, look. It, I mean, it pretty much came to fruition because look at the way the man play right now. The man isn't starting the NBA, Listen. so it came to fruition.
1: <laughs> you crazy, J. Ellis. Man, I know what I'm talking about. He's too erratic. I'm telling you, man. <laughs> I think mean, he's actually like 20 points I can't wait for Grimes because Grimes is definitely going to happen for Grimes next. The way people, because some people been talking about Grimes, some people be talking about Grimes this season, like, like he's not on a rookie contract. Like I don't understand. Like I don't understand how people be, was, and I was part of the Frank Hive. I don't understand how people gave more grace to Frank than Grimes. Like I don't understand it. It's kind of weird.
2: I think people forget that this is his second year. <laughs> I mean, he got time to improve. Like it's not like the man's like a. Six-year, seven-year veteran playing like this—it's it's just his second year. Yeah,
1: it's Jack's second year, and he's starting for his first time in his career in his second year, and like people are—I don't know—people be judging him like a like a eight like a eighth-year player year. is kind of crazy. I don't know, but <laughs> shout out to Grimes. Grimes is next. All right, ah yo, that is our show. Um, I don't know if you have any ooh picks or bro picks.
0: I mean, um, you, you you want to go, Lee? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, major uh, bro pick to the Mavs, losing on a dagger by Dennis Smith Jr., <laughs> who I'm still rooting for from afar. Bruh. And he's become one of the best defensive guards in the NBA, which I would have never seen coming because he was a complete turnstile here in New York and in Dallas. But he's playing fantastic defense as a pinch hitter starter with the uh, Hornets, and hit a three to sink the Mavs, which helps that pick. I, which either either we draft someone or we use that as a major trade chip, and I think it's probably the latter. I think Leon uses that because he always trades on draft day. I think that pick is probably traded for a really good starter, maybe a sign trade for Jeremiah Grant. We'll see. Fingers crossed. I uh, don't want to get too ahead of myself. And another broad pick – to one of my main men, uh, Uncle Fulio, the <laughs> <A> controversy. <laughs> Me and that guy, man. He, there's a couple of people I really enjoy debating with, and he's not one of them because his takes are so ass. Mm-hmm. But he's a very really nice guy. He's a sweet <laughs> dude. He, he's a really nice guy, but his Albert Burts should have started over Emmanuel Quickly take last year is one of the worst on nick's twitter and he gets my broad pit for a night oh and (laughs) and so severe bp or what what, whoever that guy in the comments that like watches my every move man a shout out you're also one of my broad pits uh i hope you're all right tonight (laughs) (laughs) bro
1: yo lee is flaming people in it i definitely (laughs) went yeah i definitely had some interesting battles uncle Foolie about alec (laughs) burke Out, I, I was that was a head scratcher to me. I still we don't got that. it. Nice the guy. To me, was like, Yes, I still remember. I still remember. Yes, we're starting Alec Burks because he's a better def- he's a tall defender, and he's a- gonna be a better defender. And then you look at all the defensive stats, and Alec Burks is getting cooked. <laughs> 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 and man, quickly, he's playing better defense than he was last season. And I'm just like. Are you seeing what I'm seeing? He can't guard any small guard and pick and roll, but you, I don't know. I went off on a real weird, weird tangent. All right. Back and he's game.
0: gone. He's not even on the team anymore. What was the point? <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, man. Yeah. I, I do have some broad picks, though. I do have some broad picks. First broad pick tonight goes to Jabari Smith Jr. Because my man got his dog snatched by Mitchell Robinson, then had the nerve to argue the call with the ref and got a technical on top of getting a dunk snatched by Mitchell Robinson. Bruh. Yeah, that was bad. Second bro pick. So, there was a baseball game. It was the Phillies against another team. I forgot who they were playing against. But the catcher, I think Real Muto, Like you know like when the umpire hands the ball to the catcher? And the catcher throws it out to the pitcher for the next pitch, you know, how they change balls sometimes in the middle of games. So the catcher held held out his mitt for the umpire to give him the ball. And by accident, he pushed his, he he like pushed his mitt away because he thought like the umpire already gave him the ball, but the umpire didn't. So the umpire dropped the ball on the ground and the umpire took offense to that and threw the man out the game.
1: Mm -hmm. Bruh.
0: (laughs) Dropped the bruh. (laughs) All right. That ref-
1: referees all over the place going crazy. That's all, that's all <laughs> I heard. Fire all the refs, then, all right?
2: <laughs> and then another graphic for ref, the Creighton versus San Diego State game. So this is how refs are inconsistent. For the whole game, you're roughing the game and not calling any fouls. So guys are being physical. You're not calling any fouls. The final play of the game I forgot who it was on San Diego State. He was driving to the basket. He went up for a floater. The creative player, to be fair, he did have his hand on his jersey, and usually that would be a foul. But the thing is, like, worse has happened throughout the game, you, and you did not call it, but you decided at that moment to call a foul on that play and then give the and give San Diego State two free throws at the end of the game for them to win it. That was wild as hell.
1: Bruh. Yeah, the school of Donahue, man. It happens everywhere. <laughs> it happens everywhere. And Ryan that G... Man, that, that man
2: clearly clearly had his money on San Diego State.
1: He clearly had his money on San Diego State. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, shout out to Tony Banks. He said, defund the refs. <laughs> 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 oh, man. Yo, what did you I say, Ryan that. G? The, the sound went out, Ryan G.
2: Oh, no, I was saying that... Um. The ref
1: definitely had his money on San Diego State. <laughs> nah, that's a fact. That's a man. That's some good bros. That's some good bros. Yo. Yo, shout out to Dennis Smith Jr. Yo, actually, Dennis Smith Jr. is a nice guy, dog. He's a he's a really yeah. nice guy. I kind of felt bad that he was getting flamed when he was here on the Knicks. Shout out to Ronnie Sanders. Says a t- a to he says, we might be playing the 76ers. <laughs> yeah.
2: Don't don't put that in the atmosphere. You don't do not that.
1: that I, know. I know a lot of people do are like a lot of people are like uh Nick should be scared of the Celtics. I'm more scared of 76ers than the Celtics, like dead ass. I'm more scared of 76ers.
0: Hmm. I'm not, but if we lose the 76ers in the first round, not a failure. I would <laughs> understand that. <laughs> I agree. In the first that. round, I would understand that.
1: I agree that. I agree. And B. You already know my reasoning. Embiid scares the living daylights out of me. He's
0: MVP. Yeah. 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 Absolutely MVP. Yeah.
1: I know. I just know that, you know, James Harden is still, he's still yet to have done it in the playoffs, but Embiid is still freaking Embiid, yo. See, like, sometimes he doesn't even need him. He just, move over. (laughs)
2: Yeah, but I will say this, though, because Harden did turn it up. He did start to turn it up at the second half of the season after the All-Star break. He did. If that, if, if that Harden shows up in the playoffs along the NB
0: yeah, the seven sixes are going to be a problem. Yeah. Now it would be sure. the first time in Harden's career that he showed up that way, though. So the odds are against him. <laughs> 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 Just being honest, you know? Just being honest.
1: Now, I was arguing somebody, by, like, I was arguing with somebody. I said, I feel like Embiid coming to the Knicks would make us a chip contender. I told somebody that, and they were just like, huh? He's like, yeah, we got this, like Harden and Embiid versus Brunson and Embiid. And I looked at it, I was like, I kind of trust Brunson more in the playoffs than than Harden. Sorry, not sorry. (laughs) I mean... Am am I bugging?
2: Based on evidence... Even even though even though Brunson is a way smaller sample size than Harden's, Brunson has shown up more in the playoffs. I mean, you got to be real about it. B-
1: between the playoff performance last year, the, the the clutch numbers this year, in my mind, if you have two clutch players, one big, one small, on the same team, you get shooters, defenders, and it's a chip. <laughs> That's like 3D, 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 3D chip. <laughs> That's an... Uh, I'll permit. anyway.
0: Uh-oh, y'all. Uncle Fulio's in the chat. <laughs> My <laughs> bro pick has entered the chat. What's up, Fulio? <laughs> <laughs> I love you, bro. You have some of the worst takes on Nick's Twitter, but you're a great dude, and you're not a butt. I actually really like you a lot. I really do. That's, that's oh, true.
1: <laughs> yo, somebody had to have got him, Yo, yo you know, Somebody Fuglio like tag about Twitter or something. And
2: Uncle Fulio will go at each other right now. Uncle Fulio, you call calling, man. Let's have Let's you with I'll, I'll
0: stay up if you want to call in, bro. Come on. I'll, I'm not feeling well, but I'll stay up.
1: I'll shut up. I won't even get in this one, because usually I... I got on I got her on Cafulio's show. It, it, we talked about the Alec Berg state too, but I'll shut up for this one. <laughs>
0: Since you, you know, you know what makes his tate so bad? It's not just that the Tates are, are complete ass. It's that he <laughs> doubled and tripled down. It's like a year later and he's still talking about Alec Burke should have started over man and Like that is a knee deep and terrible Tates, man. That's that makes <laughs> him a, a Twitter legend right there. <laughs> i'm here bro i'm not going nowhere man
2: he said he's waiting. i gotta go to work
0: <laughs> have me on the show man i'll come to your turf you can smoke me out come on let's do it
1: yeah i'll fool you i don't agree with half of the stuff he says
0: either but he's cool man 90 bro so terrible but can't, we can't out. end on that
1: that is our show
0: <laughs> shout out to whoever uh DM'd him and told him that I was I was talking about him. Uh shout out to you, bro. Everyone loves a snitch. <laughs> <Everybody>. oh, <laughs>
2: Snitching
1: the streets. Snitching the streets.
0: <laughs> it was probably uh severe bp or whatever his name is in the YouTube comments, you know. I know I
1: to- had them on Twitter. It was like, yo
0: Lee talking that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the curve the, 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 the Frog gift, yo so talking to
0: <laughs> But for the record, he is not a bum. I do not believe Uncle Folio is a bum. He's a nice guy. He's actually <laughs> a great fan. I just hate his takes. That's all. Hate the take, not the person. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, I feel about that about a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure they yeah. feel that way about me sometimes too.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I feel that way about you sometimes. <laughs>
1: Oh, I feel that way about yeah. you sometimes, too, Lee. I know. Feelings
0: mutual, bro. The feeling is.
1: Feel
0: oh, man. This is like, My guy. Like, like
1: <laughs> Timson go 82 or no. You better date loose to, to the
0: Cavs and six fire. If we went 82 and 0 we lose in the first round, you better fire his ass, man. What are you talking about? Get out of here with
1: that.
2: <laughs> you see, you see, in that case, I 100% agree with the lead. <laughs> <laughs> and we're like 82 and 0 and losing the first round, that coach should not see the light of day next season. You should not see the light of day. <sighs>
1: oh, man. Uh, that was a bad example for a joke. Uh, <laughs> <man>. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. That's our show, guys. Get it on that note. Oh, uh, man. Lee, let her know if you find you, man.
0: Oh, uh, man. On Twitter, at underscore Lee Escobedo, or in these YouTube comments, me and Jay Ellis have had a hell of a last couple of days going at each other's necks. Yeah. It's been fun. Always respectful. And, mm-hmm. you know, our debate, man, our, our debate got a lot of views, man. It's, it's approaching 2K views. And we've kept it respectful throughout. I think we're we're showing people had debate about things that we're passionate and, and deeply in love with this team, orange and blue. Mm-hmm. You know, we both ride or die with the nits, and we keep it respectful, which I think is important in these debates. Yeah. Um yeah, and shout out Uncle Fulio. Find me on Twitter. Yeah.
1: Some people was like, yo, you need to do more debates like that. I'm like, it happens organically. So it's like, it's not like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not like oh, this week we're gonna plan a debate on you take the opposite of black hats versus blue hat like
0: <laughs> i think that shows the chemistry of a show we have a nice dynamic right now you know like jay ellis is usually over here i'm usually over here and ryan's in the middle so it balances out really nicely
1: that's true
0: facts i'm like i'm like the mediator <laughs> 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 referee <laughs>
1: that's a fact that's a fact ryan g let him know what about you sir
2: you can find me on Instagram at Sir G is chilling. Sir G is chilling. That's S-I-R-G is C-H-I-L-L-I-N. You can also find me at Sir G's Corner. You can also find me on Twitter at Ryan G K-O-T. And yes, I am one for respectful debates because the disrespect will end up with somebody getting. I ain't going to say it, but you already know the vibes.
1: Yeah. The G Ryan G is for what it's for gangster. we all know all right <laughs> follow us the kot show on twitter the nick time show on instagram yo is my computer gonna be able to handle i'm gonna just tell y'all yo this thing is acting crazy hey? <laughs> there you go the nick time show on facebook all right soundcloud itunes google play stitcher wherever you listen to podcasts you can listen to the kot show show um, also, snapbacks, black and white, blue and orange. Go to the slash catalog for those. All right, all right, cool. And also go to NickatimeShow.com for the blogs as well. All right, cool. All right.
0: That yeah,
2: I do is... have one. I, I, I do have one thing to mention. What's up? If I see someone acting up in the chat. JB, don't come in with the disrespect, talking about the only orange and blue is <laughs> This is still New York, all right? This is still Yankees town, right? You do not mention the Houston Astros around these parts. Okay, good, sir? Okay?
0: Uh, you better he said Craig. You
1: can't spell Astros without That is Astros! <laughs> <laughs> and as always... Shout out to worldwide West. Everywhere we go, we leave a worldwide mess. A mess out here in these nicks, YouTube streets. That is our show. We out here. Peace. New York, New York,
2: big
0: city of dreams. New York, New York, big city of dreams.